You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 132. So how do high-achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business, and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello there. It's nice to talk to you again. If you are here for the first time, this is the perfect episode to start with. And if you are a longtime listener, I am going to talk about concepts you may have heard from me before in a different way than I have talked about them in previous podcasts. When we hear these concepts differently, we have the opportunity to internalize them in ways that we've never been able to do so before. So a lot of times when I'm talking with new clients, and I also know this from personal experience, we expect that we will be happy when our business is making more money or our relationship with someone is better or we've achieved a goal or when someone just behaves differently. (laughs) Then when we hit the goal, we don't feel happy all of the time and we wonder why. Then we go after something else and that doesn't make us happy and then we chase the next thing and the next thing. And I love goals because they help us see the way that we think But when we don't do what I'm going to walk you through here today, then we're going to feel like there's something wrong with us, like there's something broken. And I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you. We feel anxiety, anger, stress, despair, sadness, all of those feelings. And sometimes we get stuck in a loop of feeling this way. Today, you're going to learn why you feel this way and how you can break this loop. Before we dive in, I want to make sure that you are in the know of all the latest things in my world. Are you on my email list? I mean, really, if you're not on it, you are missing out. I send amazing emails each week and I help you think about your legal practice in ways that you've never thought about it before. It's like getting a coach in your inbox. So sometimes I share stories, but I always ask you questions or discuss issues that you must ask yourself as you build your legal practice and design the life you wanna have while you're growing it. A great place to start with this is grabbing my Busy Lawyer's Quick Start Guide to getting five hours back each week. You can download that guide and get on that email list at dinacataldo.com forward slash busy lawyer. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash busy lawyer. Okay, let's get to it, shall we? First of all, let's define something here. Let's define the word suffering. Suffering is when we wallow in our feelings. We create our own suffering. It's not created by other people. We create suffering for ourselves because we think things should be different than they are. Suffering is different than feeling negative emotions and processing them. For instance, if I feel grief or anger because a family member dies, that's appropriate, right? It would be weird if I were joyful at a funeral. We process those emotions, we sit with them, we recognize them as normal, we know that even if there's a hole where someone used to be, that that same grief and anger or whatever other feelings are coming up for us when it first happens, they dissipate. It's not as fresh or as vibrant as when we first felt it. 
We suffer when we continually think that things should be different than they are and we resist reality. We suffer when we think there should be a different reality. Our brain believes that the story should have a different ending. It's like when you watch a movie and you're unsatisfied with the ending. You tell yourself, you know, they should have done X. These two people should have gotten together. That person shouldn't have died. Then it would have felt complete. It would have felt like a better movie. The same thing goes with how our brain thinks about everything in daily life. Our brain is a meaning-making machine. It loves stories. It needs them to explain the world and why things happen. And when it doesn't get what it wants, it starts to get fussy. Our brain is like a toddler that wants what it wants when it wants it. It doesn't think logically. It just wants things. I'm going to give you a couple examples here. So I love the example of road rage because some of the nicest people I know are rageaholics when they drive. They're always getting angry at people for cutting them off or not signaling. And I used to be the exact same way. So I get it. I changed things using the steps I'm going to share in just a minute. When we're driving and we're cut off in traffic, a lot of us get upset. We think things like they need to look where they're going, what a jerk, people in the world are so inconsiderate these days. I love that last one because then we can use this one little instance in the world to reaffirm our whole worldview. And then we steam about it for minutes, maybe hours. We're indignant and self-righteous. We've made up a whole story about what a jerk they are and how they shouldn't be allowed to breathe the same air as we do. So for me, it would set the tone for my day when something like this happened. It would just be a little easier for someone to get under my skin or I'd complain to a coworker. I'd feel drained because I spent so much brain power and just physical energy. Because you know when you're angry, it just takes energy from you. You feel it in your body and sometimes that's why it feels powerful. But it really just drains away some of our most important energy or the best energy that we have for our most important tasks. And I just waste it on something insignificant, like somebody who just wasn't driving or paying attention, you know? So another example where our brain likes to make up stories is with our family and friends. So there is a popular book called The Five Love Languages, and it's interesting. It, it brought me a lot of insights into my own thoughts about what my expectations are, what I think a partner should do for me. But what I didn't like about it is that it's teaching people to seek happiness outside of themselves rather than take responsibility for creating their own happiness. What this book promotes is that once we know what we want, then we can tell our partner what we want and then they can do that for us and we will be happy. Okay, so there's something to letting our partner know what we like, you know, what our preferences are. That's really nice. But what happens when they don't do what you want them to do? So for instance, let's say you tell your partner you really like flowers, like you you really love getting flowers. It makes you feel so happy. Then your birthday comes along and he doesn't get you flowers. Most of us, right, let's be honest here, think things like, oh, he doesn't listen. He doesn't love me. He's inconsiderate. Whatever other story that places him in a negative light, right? Then the choice of action for us is to, one, seethe in anger and say nothing until one day you explode. Two, sit him down and say, you know, it really hurt my feelings when you didn't bring me flowers, making him completely responsible for your feelings and trying to control his behavior in the future. Or three, buy your own flowers. 
Blaming other people for how we feel has become normalized. We've been socialized to believe that other people are responsible for our feelings. When we're little, our moms make us apologize for hurting little Kimmy's feelings. We're not taught that we have power over our feelings. We're taught that other people have power over us, that they make us feel bad. Another example I want to use is our business. We think that our business should be working in a different way, then we will be happy. We believe that once we've made seven figures that we'll be happy, or once we have our old projects done in our practice, that that then we will be happy. We expect our business to perform in a certain way to make us feel better, so we think we need to work longer hours, be more strict with ourselves, to create the business we want that is going to make us feel better one day. Now that we have that foundation, let's talk about the five steps to feeling better. So the first step, as always, is to recognize that this is happening, that we are looking for something outside of us to make us feel better. We think the driver should drive better, then we wouldn't be angry. We think our partner should buy us flowers, then we wouldn't be hurt. We think our business should make more money, then we wouldn't be worried. All of this is BS. All of this is giving away your power to someone or something outside of yourself. When we do this, we have zero control over our life. Interestingly, when I talk to clients and I check in with myself, one of the things we want more of is to feel more in control. If we continue to believe that things outside of us need to be fixed to make us feel better, then we will suffer. And of course, we're not in control. Number two, the second step to taking is to take responsibility for our feelings. Our thoughts create our feelings. When we get stimulus outside of ourselves, we have a thought. It's immediate. Then a chemical reaction occurs right after that in the snap of our fingers. It's so fast we don't see it unless we are paying attention. That's why coaching is so impactful. I could not see what was going on in my brain to make me feel stressed out and overwhelmed and angry. Coaching helped me slow my brain down so I could observe what was happening rather than be controlled by it. Until we take responsibility for cleaning up our thoughts, we're never going to feel better. We will be stuck in a loop of automatic thinking and feeling and we will suffer because it's happening over and over and over again. Every time mom or dad doesn't give us the praise we're looking for, we're going to feel bad. Every time a driver cuts us off, we'll feel anger. Every time our partner doesn't do what we've told them to do a million times, we'll feel hurt. Once you see that you have control of it, then you can do number three. And step number three is allowing what you feel right now. If suffering is believing things should be different, then it's important to be okay with things as they are right now. In this moment, if you feel anger, feel, jealousy, hurt, shame, whatever it is, feel it. A lot of us suffer because we feel anger and think we should not feel that way. I used to think that. Anger is my go-to feeling when I want to feel in control. Now it comes out when I'm really tired because <laughs> I have less energy to really pay attention to what's going on in my brain. But it used to control me. I would become angry at little things. Someone cutting me off in traffic, someone not paying attention. Then when I realized this, that I just felt horrible all the time, I became angry at myself for not being able to change things as fast as I wanted. 
So let's bring this kind of an example to business. Have you ever looked at someone else's business and felt jealous? They seem to have more clients or followers or they seem more popular than you. And that's a normal feeling. A lot of us may beat ourselves up for feeling jealous because we think we shouldn't feel this way. You're supposed to feel this way. Otherwise, we wouldn't have these feelings available to us. And until you face what you're feeling in this moment, you're not going to be able to move on. You're going to stay suffering. Okay. So number four, know that life is 50-50. We want to skip over number three. We want to skip over feeling negative emotions and change our thoughts to something happier. And in fact, there's a lot of messaging in our culture that we're supposed to be happy. We're taught that if we're not happy, that there's something wrong with us. And women in particular, we are hit at all sides by this. Uh, We have, and I, I, you know, if the, the men who are listening, you've probably heard a little bit about this, but we have men telling us we should be happier, that, that we will be prettier, that we will be more socially acceptable. I remember constantly being told like by strangers in the street, like, oh, smile. I mean, those are the kinds of things that we are struck at. Um, from all sides and we get this not just from strangers on the street but we're getting it in messages from culture so even our declaration of independence has this built-in clause we have the right to the pursuit of happiness as if happiness was what it was all about as if happiness was this ultimate goal that we are meant to achieve in yoga we talk about bliss and that there is like this samadhi like we're just supposed to reach this ultimate goal of bliss list and that is what we should be pursuing at all times the music in our culture bobby mcferrin's don't worry be happy just recognizing that happiness is what we're told we should be feeling and when we don't feel happy we think something has gone wrong what if all of the feelings that we have are part of the human experience and if we didn't have all of these feelings then we wouldn't be human. We also would not be able to achieve things because we wouldn't be able to dial into our compass of how we want to create our life, how we want to design our life. But none of the feelings that we have, whether we label them as negative or positive, are wrong or bad. When we don't allow ourselves to feel anything that comes up for us, any feeling that comes up, that jealousy, anger, whatever it is, then we start to look outside of ourselves to feel better. Meaning we'll look to things like food, television, social media, alcohol, those things to numb the negative feelings because we think we're not supposed to have them. When we feel them all, when we're not numbing ourselves out, then we are allowing ourselves to experience everything that it means to be human. The last step, step number five, change the story. I talk about this step last because when I work with clients, they tend to come to me in a rush to feel better. When they skip the steps I just went through with you, they don't fully understand the power that they have to create what they want in their practice or anywhere else in their life. We tend to notice our feelings before our thoughts, but so many of us have spent years disconnected from how we feel and it makes it really difficult for us. And then we're also told, at least I was growing up, to numb our feelings, to not think about our feelings, that they weren't important. We stop asking ourselves how we feel because they're never something that we consider. It's outside of our purview. We just work until we achieve a goal. 
We work until we get what we want. We manipulate the outside world until we have what we want in our hands. But when we look inside of ourselves, when we take responsibility for what we're feeling, then we stop doing that. And we stop, you know, looking at this as a fluffy skill, right? We start looking at it as essential to understanding ourselves, to being connected with ourselves. And once we notice our feelings, then we have access to our thoughts. We can almost never go wrong when we give someone the benefit of the doubt with our thoughts. And I'm going to show you some examples here. So earlier I had talked about those different stories, right? Like the road rage, the partner with the flowers, um, hitting goals in our business. And we'll think about the stories that we tell ourselves, what we focus on expands. When we tell ourselves a story over and over again, we're really writing our future for ourselves. We have to be in, well, we are in control of our future. So we can decide we want to get stuck in a loop of not feeling good, right? Suffering, suffering through jealousy or anger or uh, not good enough feelings. Or we can start taking responsibility and understanding that that feeling is simply causing, being caused by a thought, that it's nothing external to us that's causing it. So the very first story we're talking about, right? Like we're stuck in traffic, a driver cuts us off. Well, we have a choice of the stories that we want to tell ourselves. Like our brain may automatically have this habit of thinking, oh, they're so inconsiderate. They shouldn't be breathing the same air as I do. They're such a jerk and now I'm going to be late. Society is, is going to hell in a handbasket, right? Love that phrase. So so our brain has a habit of thinking that. And I notice this when I go through this with any habit that I'm breaking mentally is I have certain go-to thoughts that I do over and over again. It's just so automatic. It's very powerful, this habit. Well, we are our habits, but we have the power to change them. So what else could you think about that driver? And when I was teaching myself this this skill of feeling better, knowing that I didn't want to feel angry, I didn't want this sapping my energy, I had to start looking for alternatives. And one of the alternatives to me was, is like, well, maybe um, they have someone going to the hospital or they're going through something. Um, maybe they're rushing to see a loved one dying, right? Like I, I would make these stories up in my head, right? They're just as true as they're a jerk. We don't know that they're a jerk. We don't know that they're not going to the hospital. We don't know. Um, and so I would tell myself this and it didn't feel true when I told it to myself the first time. It didn't feel true, but I kept practicing it. I kept noticing what my reaction was. I kept noticing what my thought was. And then I would notice myself, okay, well, what's the story I want to tell myself about this situation? I repeated this over and over and over and over and over. This is not a one and done thing. This is something that we work at. And one day I realized that I had made that decision to believe the story that, oh, maybe there's something going on in their life. And I stopped being so darned angry. It was just no big deal. I was like, oh, okay. Not a big deal at all. It was just, I went from a person who was always angry and frustrated and would zap all my energy first thing in the morning getting upset with someone to then someone who would have the same exact thing happen and hmm, no, okay, doesn't even bother me. It doesn't even phase me anymore. And it had to have been years later after I had changed this habit in my brain, 
that um, my dad had died. I was incredibly sad and heartbroken and all of those things. And I was trying to find a place to get a massage. Like I was trying my best to to be good to myself. So I had scheduled a massage and I was going to, you know, be in a sauna. I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And on my way there, I got lost. My phone wasn't working. Like it wasn't telling me where I needed to go. And I was angry. I cut at least two people off. And I, <laughs> I mean... So it's like you never know what's going on in someone's brain and it just reaffirmed to me like you just never know what is going on inside someone else's head because I'm I didn't do anything with malice and the people who are, you know, getting in front of you cutting you off doesn't necessarily mean they're doing it with malice. They can have anything going on with them. So I just thought I'd share that little story just to get a little perspective on this. All right. So The other story, when our partner doesn't give us flowers and maybe we've told them a million times, this is what makes us happy. Make us happy. Give us flowers, right? So we'll we'll think things like, he never listens. He doesn't care about me. Well, why not make up a different story for ourselves, right? Like, why not do the exact same thing? Instead of thinking he doesn't care about me, why not focus our attention on what shows us that he does care about me if that is available to you, right? Like, I'm glad he's spending time with me. You know, I I really love that he took me out to dinner. Like all of these different things, like just because he doesn't bring you flowers doesn't mean anything about the way he thinks about you. And honestly, if we were going to take charge of making ourselves happy and that was something that brought us happiness, just go out and get your own flowers. Like just look at how you are delegating responsibility for your feelings or taking responsibility for your feelings. And then when we're not hitting our goals in our business, right? We have we're so connected with our business. It's like our baby, right? Like we're growing our business, you're growing your legal practice, and you might think things to yourself like I'm not working hard enough, I should stay later tonight. How about looking for where things are working, where you are achieving what you need to achieve, looking towards those thoughts of it's going to get done, it'll get done, or this is the process of hitting my goals. This is this is just where I am right now. And it may not feel true to you at first. These new thoughts may not feel true to you, but they take practice and you've got to practice them because your brain is in such a habit of automatically thinking and making up stories and automatically feeling as a result. And from there, you just act, right? Like you have anger and you react. You have jealousy and you react. Rather than recognizing, hey, what I'm feeling right now is normal. What's causing it is a thought. Where, where am I taking responsibility for my thought, my feelings, and where am I delegating that responsibility? You always have a choice. All right, now here's where I want to clarify something. If you're in a relationship with someone who is abusive towards you emotionally or physically, I am not saying decide on a story that makes you feel better about staying in that relationship. We always want to evaluate our feelings. It's important to have awareness of what we're feeling and understand what's creating it for us. So as a side note, I was in a relationship with someone who was emotionally abusive. I didn't realize it at the time. When you're in it, you don't see it. And he would tell me things like I was overreacting or I was imagining things. And I believed him because I wanted to trust him. Like I had thoughts that I want to trust him. I want to believe him, right? And I would ignore things because I believed the story that I was someone who overreacted. I believed that thought. 
it felt awful pretty much all of the time until I decided I didn't want to feel awful all of the time. I saw that I deserved to be treated better. I took responsibility for staying in a relationship that was unhealthy for me, that didn't feel good because of what I thought about myself. I didn't value myself enough going into the relationship and then going through some of that relationship. And when we start to look inside to see how we feel about ourselves and look at the stories we tell tell ourselves, then we can start to make the change that we want to make. So it's always important to evaluate how we think about ourselves, what we think about ourselves, how we're taking responsibility for the position that we're in, and then whether or not we want to stay in it, okay? All right, so here's a recap. First, be aware that your brain is constantly making up stories. That's what it does naturally. They're not always true stories. In fact, I would say none of them are quote unquote true. We decide what we want to believe. Number two, take responsibility for your feelings. Nothing outside of you creates the pain. It's everything that we have created for ourselves. Three, allow the feelings that you have right now. Knowing what you're feeling, allowing yourself to go through that experience is part of this process of feeling better. Number four, know that all feelings are part of the human experience. If we weren't supposed to have them, they wouldn't exist. Everything is 50-50. 50% of the time, we feel good. 50% of the time, maybe we feel not so good. But if we numb ourselves out to those feelings that don't feel so good, then we are going to be putting that extra pressure on ourselves and we're going to create more suffering for ourselves, which is the point of doing all of this is because we don't want to suffer. We don't want to create the suffering for ourselves. And number five, change your story. If the story your brain has made up is causing you pain, you have a choice. This is a practice, rinse and repeat. Just like I was saying, like it's not going to feel true the very first time you say it. It's going to be true when you start doing it over and over and then you start feeling it and you start feeling in your body, just like, you know, with the road rage incident, I didn't feel anger. I felt neutral. It was just a person who cut me off in traffic. It wasn't like it meant anything about me, about them. It just, okay, I'm still driving. Like I'll, I'll get there when I get there, you know, wherever I'm going. So just recognize what your brain is doing is normal. That's the way it's programmed. It comes up with these automatic stories, but you get to change the programming. You get to change the story you tell yourself. Now, if you're ready to work on yourself to grow your practice and improve your quality of life, that's what I am here for. I help lawyers like you master their time and their mind to create a better life for themselves. The very first step to working with me is scheduling a strategy session. There we can take a look at where your work is, what a future game plan looks like for you, and whether we are a good fit to work together. You can schedule a call with me at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. Bye.